thank you so much for joining us. You know, this is uh, um, IG Live that we've been hosting for about uh, three months. So usually mm -hmm. on Friday night, we'll have a chat with a mother mm -hmm. in art who love art. And then we'll share everything about art, motherhood, and wellness. Actually, for this session, right, after we publish it on our IG and all the other social media channels, we really get a lot of insolestic, um, you know, messages from the mothers because they mm. think this topic really, really uh, you know, knocks on their heart. Right. And I think this topic is quite uh, relevant to them because okay. a lot of the mothers in our community are actually in art or they are mm. freelancers, they're creatives. So something like your specialization mm. about intellectual property and copyright is something mm. that's, you know, really, really important to them. So. I think without further ado, I uh, would you like to just, uh, you know, give a intro short introduction about yourself, you know, in sure. your profession and also in life. Sure. Thank you so much, um, Alice, for, you know, um, having me on, on your podcast and your life. I'm just an ordinary mother as well, same as all of you all here. Just had a son. My son just turned one. Uh, and I'm also the head of IP uh, at Harry Elias Partnership. You know, I myself, I'm an art lover as well. I'm a creative person. Um, in my free time, I like to sing. Um, I used to write songs myself. Okay, like drawing, I go for art classes like in the past, right? Uh, but never really sort of pursue uh, my artistic and creative side. But I, I think, you know, being in IT, um, that sort of uh, uh, helped with, with, you know, also that creative side. And of course, my, my sister as well, she's in art. Uh, she's in creative. So she, she also writes songs and uh, she's in film scoring. Um, so I'm surrounded by a lot of creative people, actually. Yeah. That's great. So that's that's what I call like connecting the dots, right? So it yeah. looks like you yourself has a you know intrinsic interest in art and your family, your sister are also in art. And I think you're really a you know, you're too humble to say you're an ordinary mom and uh, you know, especially a working mom. Uh you need you want to pursue your dream, you want to climb up the corporate ladder and also you want to pursue your interests, your own passion and taking up your mother responsibilities mm. how do you handle all of this well by the grace of god i guess <laughs> <laughs> i i think similar to you i mean you're doing this on on you know your own passion your own time um you know when there is a will there is a way you really believe in something i think you go get it lah you know yeah you just do whatever it takes to to sort of just firefight every day hustle hustle um so... yeah and then you, you just get to where where you are lah yeah yeah, very well said. So um, I think personally to me, uh, IP is something seems very far, but also, you know, it's still very relevant, I would say. Mm. Actually, one recent case I could think of, there is a contemporary art installation at Marina mm. Bay Sands, uh, yeah. Macau's, right? And there, yeah. there's a small kind of incident about yeah. this IP, right? And then... Yeah. It's a, a bit of uh, fighting about whether to take down this art or not to take mm. down. It's a huge one. And we're thinking, wow, it's going to be, you know, quite of a bit of work and effort to set it yeah. up and tear it down and to set it yeah. up. That's how, that's actually when, you know, I started paying attention to this, mm. this topic of IP. So could you just elaborate or enlighten us, right? What exactly is IP and how this is uh, relevant to each one of us? So I think, First of all, I think it's clear some misconception. I think IP is a huge topic. And um, a part of IP, you have your trademarks, which is your logos and your brand. So like cause, mama and palette, those fall under uh, trademarks. 
And then of course you have your patterns, which is your inventions, and then your registered designs. For example, like, you know, Kev Kidston designs uh, that people are know, you know, um, but they have different, different prints that can be um, mass produced. Lah. So those come under, fall under registered designs. Um, and then you also then have, you know, most importantly, copyrights. Lah. So I think for people in the arts, copyrights will probably be the most talked about. And then of course, followed by trademarks, lah, because I think these two sometimes come hand in hand. And uh, I think for, for in, in relation to copyrights, you know, what are copyrights? And then you have your literature, and then you have your dramatic works, your musical works, which is, you know, your, your notes and whatnot. And then you have your artistic works, which is your paintings, your sculptures, and so on and so forth. Lah. So those are the four uh, main broad categories of, of copyright. And of course, you have your sound recordings as well, then your films, and then your broadcasting rights. So all those, you know, come under copyrights. I mean, it's not to be mixed with the other rights uh, of IP. La. So that's generally in relation to the different different rights in relation to IP. Uh, but I think for today, maybe we will just zoom into more on, on copyrights. La. Since, you know, um, I think the, the recent Copyright Act just came into uh, force, uh, I think last, last week, the 21st of November. And it's, I think, rather interesting because I think Singapore's Copyright Act has been quite archaic. And uh, what's interesting is they have uh, done a few changes. And uh, one of it is to actually, before that, they was, you know, by default, ownership belongs to the creator and an exception for, for example, photographs, um, portraits, engravings, uh, sound recordings and, and, and film. Those were the exceptions lah, uh, to say that by default, the commission party, meaning whoever asks you to, to do the work, the copyright ownership belongs to the commission party unless you contract out of it. So I think um, over the years, <laughs> I think a lot of people like, um, especially like the photographers, uh, some people don't really know, right? So like, wow, these exceptions, all this stuff. So I think after a while, they decided, okay, why not we just level the playing field? Uh, so by default, all creators should own the copyright unless contracted out. Lah. So that was some, one of the major change that I think would be so quite relevant to um, the people in the art scene, mm -hmm. especially if you're a photographer, or you do engravings and whatnot, um, mm -hmm. especially of those that fall under the exceptions. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the next thing that um, they also introduced was actually uh, the right to acknowledge the creator mm -hmm. or the performer. So in yeah. the past, the old act just says that, okay, you just cannot falsely attribute. Mm. But uh, by default now, unless the creator says that I expressly waive my rights, this right now, you know, whenever you publish or republish something um, in, in the public of someone else's work, you have to pay tribute, like, attribute the, the work to the creator like, and to make sure that the attribution must be clear, you know, in okay. a prominent manner. Yeah. Interesting. So that means even I commissioned a wedding photographer to take a yes. photo for somebody and I post it on my Facebook, I need to attribute yes. it to yes, whoever. Yes, correct. Yeah, so, so this helps, you see, because otherwise the photographers, I mean, personal use, you can still use it on your personal use and whatnot. Uh. So the right of attribution you know, comes now hand-in-hand hand with copyright. An example is, let's say, if I commission a painting or a portrait for maybe a company or whatnot, right, and, and I get this CEO you know, portrait to draw or whatever, or a certain artwork for my company, uh, and then I suddenly reproduce it on my other brochures and materials, the same artwork. And then there was nothing in writing um, for the, the artist to say that they, he never waived his right and whatnot, right? I won't be infringing copyright. That's what's important because if I say the contract, the copyright contract says that the commission party owns it, means they contract out of it. 
So they went out of the default position and the company owns the copyright. So the reproduction doesn't equal copyright infringement. But if they don't attribute the, the creator, it would then, you know, uh, fall short of uh, the act because then it will go against the right of uh, attribution mm. of the creator. So, so that's something quite interesting. Yeah. Whoever who hasn't attributed will kind of get into trouble, right? Because yeah, la, I mean, like, the creator <laughs> can go after them and say, hey, how come you didn't attribute me, la, in a way? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's that's great. Um, personally, I have read some uh, news articles about the change in the Copyright Act. I think mm. that's definitely giving more, how to say, like, official... yeah. That's right. Protection to, to you know... For the creators, actually. Yeah. But... I think that's a good sign, but in, in reality, right, mm. I do have friends, um, you know, people or mother artists in my circle who get their, you know, idea stolen. So like the other day, uh, I posted something on my mom pilot channel, there's a mother mm. who actually came to me and would discuss about how social media can be a double blade sword for yeah. our, our creations. So on one hand side, we want to use social media as a tool to broadcast about our work, to showcase mm. our creativity yeah. and potentially get business. However, mm. at the same time, just open door to different kinds of people. Yeah. And there's a, another lady I know, she published her book. She became a bestseller on Amazon. Mm. But the other day when she searched for her work, same title on Amazon, mm. she saw another author, I don't know from who, actually mm. reproduced the majority of her content. Oh, yeah. name. <laughs> Yeah, I think she immediately, um, you know, reported to Amazon and they actually took down uh, mm. the other book. But it's just so scary, right? And, mm. you know, that's her, that's her work. So yeah. what are the things that we can do, especially the freelancers who can do uh, to, to protect themselves? What kind of evidence they need to collect, you know, when such kind of situation mm. happens? I think most importantly is date of first use. I think you, you need to make sure that you have clear evidence if let's say someone else's copy your work, right? I think that recently there was this hoo-ha about like someone in India trying to copy the, 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 the Singapore National Anthem and then there was like this who created the, the first creator of the okay. National Anthem and then this guy said, oh, I created it. Um, but then he couldn't produce evidence. Um, mm -hmm. Then of course, Singapore kind of called his bluff la, because you know they had evidence and whatnot. But what I'm trying to say here is definitely like your date of first use when you pen down the, your, your creation um, let's mm. say you come up with a song or you come up with um, the first draft or first cut of your painting and whatnot. Um, mm. You need to find a way on how you can capture the date. I know it's, mm. it's quite difficult because when you talk about art, it's, it's uh, quite varied, right? I mean, of course, if yeah. it's a photograph, um, mm. you will then have a um, timestamp and all that. That helps. Um, but there are also tools, you know, out there that you can use. Um, I mean, I, I, I come from IPCC and IPCC has uh, this thing called the... Uh, IKR, you can actually Google it, IKR.org. And I think if you are just using it for individual, you can always go up there and um, upload your, your things. I think it's, it's use it for free, unless, of course, if you're a company, you have to pay. But those things, you can just upload your work um, and then you will have a timestamp there to show that you are actually the first creator. So if someone else comes later than you, you can then show that, hey, I've got evidence that I'm the first creator. And mm. then, of course, you have to take a look whether or not there's substantial copying. So that, that's the second thing. Um, and then whether or not, you know, sometimes in art, right, it's very hard to say, oh, I inspiration from this. And then after that, I take here a bit, I take there a bit, I take here a bit, and then I put it together and it's my own work, right? Yeah. Um, and then so, you know, where's the line to be drawn? Um, someone, you, you're protecting yourself and then also you have to make sure that your work or what we call deri derivative works 
um, mm-hmm. doesn't also infringe the other person. Lah. So the, the, the question is always a one of fact. Lah. Uh, and sometimes it goes all the way to court, right? And then court will then take a look at the situation and then assess how much is substantial. Substantial mm. doesn't necessarily mean uh, amount or, or, or like maybe 70% or you know, 80%. But essentially, whatever that it was copied, whether or not it's the essential feature of, of the material that was copied. Mm. Yeah. So, so I'm just curious, right? Like if mm. somebody uh, who is a freelancer, if let's say she saw her work that's got stolen or her idea mm. got stolen by somebody and if she, it really gets so serious that she wants to fire a case yeah. on the court, Usually, could it be very expensive? How much that would be? I think I think it depends, uh, and also it mm. depends on where the copyright infringement took place. Mm. Especially now, I think it's um, a bit more tricky because let's say, you know, you are here in Singapore, and then suddenly your book gets sold in like Sri Lanka or something, mm. right? Um, it gets a bit more tricky because then the infringement actually takes place out of Singapore. Mm. Um, but then of course, if it if you are part of the if the country is part of the what we call the burn convention, then of course whatever copyrights you have in Singapore will also subsist in all the burn countries. So then you probably might have to take action where the infringement took place, lah. Yeah. So that that practically is can be quite tricky. I mean, usually what we do is we will send a cease and desist letter. We will we'll get a lawyer to send a cease and desist letter to ask the mm. person to take down the content or stop mm-hmm. whatever that they are doing um, and destroy whatever reproduction that they have done. Otherwise, we, they will take action. So then it depends on whether or not you then have the budget to take action. Um, and and similarly, you know, sometimes people just want to do it just to send a message, right? Because if you don't, yeah. sometimes then people think, oh, you know, this, this owner don't care. Then they yeah. just do it whatever they want. But if you have one, you send a message, you create a buzz, then people know. Um, then people will be a little bit more careful, lah, you know. Especially when you start to um, get a little bit more famous and be more, you know, at time. Um, I think that's where, especially, it is quite scary because now online, right, everywhere people can can just take stuff. And and to be honest, practically, it is quite hard to monitor. Lah. Yeah, that's that, that right. is just the, the reality. Lah. Yeah. I think the other day when we chatted, right, you also mentioned that sometimes as creators, uh, it's easy that we could unconsciously um, step into you know kind of tricky zone like if we got inspirations from other people's work mm. or you know um, maybe we just saw something in a museum yeah. and after a few months I started producing my own artwork somehow you know there's a spark of inspiration that comes from that artwork so what is the fine line here you know how do we prevent ourselves you yeah. know to, to, to having the risk of infringing the other people's yeah. uh, uh, even unconsciously. Yeah, I think the rule of thumb is are you putting in effort to um, create the end product yourself? Are you mm. using, you know, human capacity brain to like sort of doing, you know, do this? I mean, inspiration you can take. Ideas, they are not copyrightable, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I have inspiration from this particular art to have this concept of I want to put certain colors together uh, and I create an art. I can do that. Um, and then whatever that I create is my own creativity, drawn inspiration. But I think when it becomes tricky when I think in a pop art culture. Mm. So um, this is still, you know, sometimes to me mind-boggling. Uh, I think but it really boils down to case-to-case basis, right? Um, mm-hmm. So like in pop, pop art, you see sometimes they will take whole, um, whole logos, Starbucks, McDonald's, da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Then they put it together in a collage, right? And then mm-hmm. they call it their own. Um, so in a way, whether or not 
there is copyright infringement. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a question of fact, lah, right? To see whether or not the whole thing has been uh, taken and then whether or not the actual artwork. So let's say if you, if you take like a thousand logos and then, you know, joint it together and it becomes a completely different picture. Mm-hmm. To me, I think that that is okay because the whole thing becomes a new artwork by itself. Mm-hmm. But that's where the line becomes tricky when you start taking one or two and then start to incorporate that in your artwork. Um, you may, you know, come across like whether or not some of these brands may say, hey, um, you're passing off as if like we gave you consent to do this or mm-hmm. you, you do a sculpture and you incorporate a famous brand's logo. So that is where the line gets like very uh, on the grey area. And then you have to ask yourself, does it infringe the other person's trademark? For example, if, it, if the, the, the trademark is something that they have registered, um, mm-hmm. Does it constitute passing off? Am I passing off to um, the public that I actually have the consent of uh, a so-and-so brand to do this sculpture? You know, so I think that's where you have to draw the line a bit. Like. I think in, if in doubt, always try to ask. And I know it's not always practical. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the very least, you try to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm doing this. You know, ask permission beforehand. Uh, and, and of course, if you have consent, then there's no issue. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always good to get a, to give the, you know, a brand a heads up, right? Yeah, and also it shows you respect their, their intellectual property. The respect. You know, your, yeah. right. So, if, let's say, um, so, think about this case. If one artist actually, you know, used some maybe logos or trademarks of a certain brands um, to put into her own artwork unconsciously, and, you mm. know, she own imagination and inspiration in it but you know suddenly the brand doesn't feel comfortable after mm. seeing this artwork and then they will reach out to her so in this kind of situation right can the brand actually sue this artist like so it depends la. It, it depends notice. on what yeah, yeah it depends on what basis the claim is la. so mm. i mean this one will be will be case-to-case basis and of course then you would engage a lawyer to look at the situation look at the particular art uh, and then decide whether or not the other, the other side has a case. Uh, and usually, we'll try to negotiate to settle um, so, yeah. so that it doesn't have to go all the way to court. Lah. So we will sort of come to an agreement um, what the, the brand wants us to do. For example, take down, don't sell, um, destroy the art, uh, yeah. or pay some compensation or something like that. Yeah, if, if the other party really has a basis. Lah, right? right. Um, so if yeah, if the, party, the, the other party doesn't have um, then, you know, maybe it's worth to push back. Yeah. That's right. Wow. So I think that gives us a lesson that we, when we take inspirations from other works, we also must be conscious. And like what you said, yeah. maybe to show respect to the inspiration we have taken by giving credits mm. or sending them an early heads up. And I think what I heard earlier from you is that in order to protect our own copyright of our critiques, mm. you know, there are tools, um, is that called IPCC, that we can actually go... Yeah, so it's called the IKR, yeah, that you can IKR. also use. Yeah. Right. So, so I think if, if I were to give, a, you know, some tips, right, to people who are in mm. the creative sites, the two things that I think would be very important, um, especially mm. if you are doing it for commercial, you're freelancing, you created a work um, and you're selling it, um, one would be to have something in writing. Like if you don't have a contract, it, can, it doesn't have to be like a 30-page contract, right? I mean, it can be mm. one-pager, two-pager. But at the very least, um, nail down who owns the copyright to that particular work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly would be the scope of use. Mm-hmm. Because you as a copyright owner, you have the right to reproduce, you have the right to resell. 
um, and right to distribute, right? So, of course, if you're engaged to do for a company or whatever, um, or take photographs uh, or, or, or draw a painting or, or come up with a design for the particular company, then you can also then, you know, negotiate with the company, okay, you can only use it for uh, this scope of use. So, example, if you're a wedding photographer, you take a picture and then your clients can only use it for personal use, lah, mm. right? You cannot go and take it and, and use it for other other um, purposes unless they get your consent. Otherwise, yeah. they will be infringing your, your copyright. So, for example, if I also buy an artwork from a gallery and mm. um, obviously, I now I'm the owner of the photo, right? Yeah. This is also interesting, you know, like now there's a lot of M NFTs, right? Um, ongoing art becoming digital asset and all that. So I buy it. I'm the owner of that particular artwork, but I'm not the uh, the the copyright of the 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 thing still belongs to the creator unless of course the creator has a contract out and mm. said that you know I given I also sell all my rights lah, including the copyrights to the thing. So by right, I cannot then take that artwork and reproduce it on wine bottles for sale mm. for sale. Right. Because I don't have that right. Mm. Unless uh it's it's done within the scope of the of the mm. agreement, right? Yeah. So usually so I I've helped a client before to 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 do this and they have to do up a separate um contract or a separate licensing copyright uh, uh contract because the owner of the art wanted, you know, he's a wine seller and he wanted to incorporate that particular artwork into all his wine bottles, right? And sell. Um and so um they had to do up a separate contract for that. So two things lah. Right? Ownership and scope. That is very important. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. of course anything else then you know you can you can then say that hey, you know, it's 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 not agreed because everything else can be contracted out. So in doubt, have it in writing. Yeah, that's that's great. And I, that's for commissioned art, right? How about you know those those uh, artworks that we just produce on a daily basis, then we showcase it on our social media and somebody could have taken it and commercialized yeah. So I guess commercialize it. Would, you still have yeah. the right. So by default, right? Um, mm. because copyrights doesn't you, you don't need to register it. Um, mm. it subsists the moment it's created. Mm -hmm. Right. So the moment you 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 paint, uh, even like a whatever art, and the moment you finish it, you pan it down, it's created on that day. So let's say tomorrow somebody else's else take the your painting and uh, mass produce it or reproduce it without your consent and never attribute the right to you, then actually you have the uh, cause of action for copyright infringement and the fact that he's infringed your right to uh, attribute you lah, as the creator. Wow, so mothers, I saw today really we have a lot of people joining today's session. So next time, if you have concerns, questions, and you know where to look for professional advice. So thank you so much, Esther. I think we really have a very thoughtful and informative night with you. I hope I, I help. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, I wish you and your family you know, have a wonderful weekend and wish you continue shining on your career. Um, keep, you know, having doing all these meaningful things. Thank you so much once again for joining. Oh, thank us. you. Thank you for putting together this Good. session. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining everyone.